I'm Helen Rabello. Welcome to the Turning Point Project. I believe that when you face a big transitional moment in life, you have to learn how to transcend your fears and honour the process, even if it gets messy in the middle. In this project, inspiring conscious creatives and entrepreneurs share their stories about how they used a turning point to move from a life that didn't fully fit to living in a more intentional way despite the messy bits. May these stories inspire you to trust your turning points and take a step forwards through your messy bits towards your more magical life. Today's conversation was an absolute privilege because today I am talking to the wonderful Ellie Trier, without whom this project wouldn't even be happening right now. So in today's conversation, Ellie shares her incredible journey from being a girl who lived in a small place in the UK to someone who now lives in a whole other country in a very, very different life that she absolutely loves doing work that really, really fills her soul. She also shares a really interesting and fairly recent diagnosis that has helped her understand herself and has really helped her take ownership of who she is as an adult. So I really, really loved this conversation. I think you will too. So sit back, enjoy, and I can't wait to hear what you think. So for today's episode, I have got one of my very, very favourite people, and I would say that even if we weren't looking at each other right now, <laughs> the incredible Ellie Trier, without whom this whole project wouldn't actually even be happening. So Ellie, thank you so much for helping me bring this together and for being one of my lovely contributors and for agreeing to share something about turning points. Oh, it's a huge pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so happy you're here. (laughs) (laughs) So um, all of these conversations I have quite deliberately not pre-discussed what you're going to talk about because I want to keep it kind of real and in the moment mm-hmm. and um and just see see what comes out as we chat to each other or conversate as I like cool. to say so um, so when when I first shared this idea of turning points with you yeah was there something that immediately popped into your mind that you want to talk about I think it it can only be one thing, really. Um, And that's uh, when I was 27. Yeah. I walked out of my job and my marriage and moved to a completely new place, (laughs) all within the space of about six months. Um, And from then on, my life has been completely different it changed the trajectory of my entire life and whilst it has taken me about 10 years to kind of find my feet with that impulse decision um it was it was the best thing I ever did it kind of it 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 changed everything it was my it was my turning point yeah so you've you've had one of those big whammy 
huge. Sat- Saturn return. If that means anything. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. <clears throat> so, so can you can you take us back to where you were and what led up to that turning point? Is that something? You yeah. Want to talk about. Okay. Well, I had uh, a very uh, unconventional uh, childhood. I had a very difficult adolescence. Um, I was I was had massive social anxiety. I was undiagnosed um, autistic. Um, I'm still autistic, but I know what it is now. Yeah. Um, I I was bullied horrendously, like so much so that I ended up leaving school at about fourteen. Um, I got myself into a terrible mess with drink and drugs and unsuitable men and all sorts of things. Um, and I met my husband when I was, uh, gosh, 19. And he was the safest person I had ever met in my life. He was just rock solid, secure, had a really kind of traditional family that just welcomed me in. Um, So I married him. (laughs) And I was 21 when I got married. Um, And I did it because I needed that safety and security, like, like everything leading up to that had been so, um, it wasn't all awful. There were lots of awful times, but it was, it was, um, incredibly insecure and unstable. Uh, we moved, like my family moved every, every year, every six months, we were constantly like having to settle into new places, new yeah. schools. Um, and I didn't have anything that I could kind of hold on to until I met my husband. Um, so we got married. Um, I was, I met him actually because I, I moved down to Cornwall from Somerset on a whim because I was chasing a different boy. <laughs> um, and ended up getting a job in this hotel, just doing waitressing. Um, and he, he was also working there and we met and, the the hotel industry was actually fantastic for me um for my social anxiety because it it forced me to kind of come out of myself it forced me to focus on other people you know it was a really really fancy hotel so my job was basically to make other people feel good whilst remaining as invisible and unobtrusive as possible Um, and I found that I had a real knack for kind of making other people feel good, making other people comfortable, you know, creating a really lovely environment for them. Yeah. Um, so I stayed, the hotels was never going to be like my big career. It was always going to be like a stopgap, you know, I was in my late teens. I had, you know, the whole, my whole life ahead of me, I could do whatever I wanted. Um, and I ended up kind of just working my way up through the ranks ended up in in the marketing department ended up being head of marketing um ran my own hotel for a bit wow that's, um, that's quite a rapid climb <laughs> yeah I tend to jump into things <laughs> <laughs> um and uh and it was it was lovely but it's exhausting like the the anyone who's worked in the hospitality industry will know like it is full on Mm. you have to be it's late nights it's early mornings it's working like three shifts a day um and I I I'm not the most energetic person at the best of times and it was just getting too much so I ended up taking my marketing staff uh skills 
and uh, I went over to a, a corporate marketing role. And calling it a corporate marketing role sounds very, very fancy, but it was basically, a, I was working at a tiny little ad agency in a tiny little country town, <laughs> um, doing a job that I was massively overqualified for because marketing jobs, you don't get many of those in little country towns. No, absolutely. Um, and I, I absolutely hated it. Like, I mean, I knew that I couldn't keep going in hotels, but I loved the, the kind of kinetic nature of, of being in a hotel. I love that you can, you're moving around all day, you know, you've, yeah. got, you've got stuff to be, there's always new things happening. And all of a sudden I was sat behind a desk from 8.30 in the morning till 5.30 at night. Um, it was frowned upon if I spent too long in the bathroom or if I ate food when I was hungry, you know, that was outside designated areas. Um, I was answering the phone all day and I ate answering the phone i hate it with a passion I really understand that <laughs> <laughs> like i love i love doing video calls because you can actually see the other person yeah. um but i find it like one of my communication things that i have massive problems with with the autism is um like it's really difficult for me to follow kind of cues in a conversation yeah and i've learned how to do that with actually seeing a person but just on the phone when it's a disembodied voice I would hang up at the wrong time. I would talk over people constantly. I was, it freaked me out. Like every single time the phone would ring, I'd have a little kind of thud of anxiety in my chest. It was awful. And I, I ended up staying there for about two years, but only because I met a really, really, really good friend there. And we kind of kept each other going throughout the whole thing. Um, and I loved her so much that it was worth kind of, you know, I had to go to this awful place every day, but I'd see my friend. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, ah, and then I, I got into some trouble. I can't remember exactly what happened. It was so long ago. I think one of the receptionists had sent an email that just kind of took the piss out of the bosses and I'd replied and gone, ha ha, you know not even thinking about Oops. it <laughs> and then I like I was completely unused to like office subterfuge and stuff like that so I, I just hadn't deleted the email or anything I just left it on <laughs> I'm like a terrible criminal <laughs> um but there was some trouble and there was like conversations about you really need to think about your future in this company and it made me realize like I don't want a future in this company like yeah. I don't want to be here like the 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 interesting part of learning how a new job worked that that took about three months and I'd basically just been treading water ever since yeah and I had no idea like oh, I could just go and get another job but another job is just it's just going to be the same like yeah. I don't I don't want to do this um and around this time my mum gave me a book by uh, a woman called Barbara Winter He's an American author. And the book was called Making a Living Without a Job. And that just like ticked all of my boxes. I was like, that, that's amazing. I can make a living and I don't have to have a job. What is this magical thing? <laughs> um, and I stayed up all night. I read the book from cover to cover. And I stayed up all night coming up with all these things that I was really good at that I could potentially get people to give me money for. And this was, I mean, this was back in 2007. 
So the internet was a thing, but it wasn't, it was not the thing oh, it is today, you know. Yeah. So running a business on the internet, like that, that wasn't a thing really. Yeah. Um, certainly not in the, in the darkest depths of the English countryside where I was living. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was really the catalyst. Like I, 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 I left my job and I just kind of plotted and planned and I came up with all these crazy ideas and things that people would give me money for. And, um, I, it, it just kind of lit a fire under me to, to make me examine all the different parts of my life that, mm-hmm. that weren't suiting me. It made me realize that I don't have to do this, you know? Yeah. I mean, on paper, I had I had the perfect life. You know, we had a beautiful house in the countryside with literal roses around the door. Yeah. Um, my family was close by. I had this. I was married to a lovely bloke, really, really lovely bloke. Um, and I had this job which paid reasonably well, you know. But I felt like there was this black hole inside me. You know, I wanted to. I wanted to live an extraordinary life Mm. and what I was living was not extraordinary. You could not get more ordinary. Mm. And I was really fond of my husband, but he didn't, he wasn't extraordinary. Our relationship wasn't extraordinary. Yeah. And I just wanted more from life, you know? Yeah. Um, and reading this this one book just had a knock-on effect of making me examine like every part of my life and going, I can do better. Yeah. I want better. I want more. I do not want to get to 20 years down the road, 40 years down the road, and look back and thought I I stayed here because it was safe. Yeah. Um Wow. So really powerful catalyst. Oh wow. It was yeah, it that book. Like sorry. It really opened up possibility for you, essentially. It completely it made was my, you aware that there were other ways of doing it, things. It was my first experience of any kind of alternative lifestyle. Yeah. Like the only kind of alternative lifestyle that I was really aware of at that point was people who had kind of dropped out of the system, you know, old hippies who were living, you know, growing their own vegetables and generating their own electricity yes. and recycling their own pee you know and that didn't sound like much so yeah fun. it's a sort of that's a complete polar opposite isn't it <laughs> and you found there was a place in between that yeah just that it kind of gave me permission to put together some new building blocks and and find a new way of being in the world that didn't have to look like anything else yeah um and uh yeah i mean it it, oh, it blew my mind it completely blew my mind and because i i am not one to hang about when i get an idea like if i get an idea in my head then then five minutes later it's done whether it's a good idea or a bad idea <laughs> <laughs> um i do the thing and then i figure it out later so I asked, I asked my husband for a divorce. Um, I, I handed in my resignation at my job. I had no fucking clue what I was going to do next. I had no plan. I just thought uh, something will happen. Um, and I worked, I, I ended up moving into to my mum's, uh, she had like a little granny flat in her house above the garage. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and I ended up moving in there for, <clears throat> excuse me, um, for about nine months, I think. And I got a part-time job at a local plant nursery that my friend worked at. Um, and I absolutely loved that. I spent a whole summer just potting geraniums in the sunshine, listening to Radio 4. <laughs> that, that sounds like very idyllic. <laughs> oh, it was perfect. And it was absolutely... That was a really tumultuous time, presumably. Exactly. And I could just get my hands in the earth and just kind of be really grounded and mm. centred and... and yeah, it kind of kept me sane during that time. Um, and I decided, right, okay, whatever I'm going to, whatever I want to do is not going to happen in the countryside. Like I have to be in a city that yeah. I've always wanted to to live in a city. Um, that that needs to be what happens next. So I decided that I was going to move to Bristol, which it was the closest city. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my brother was living in London at the time and he decided that, that he wanted to get out of, of London. His university course had just finished. So we got a flat together in Bristol. Um, and I, I still didn't have a clue what I was doing. My only criteria was I do not want another job. I do not want to work for anybody else ever again. Um, so I knew I could do marketing. I knew I could do, I was a good writer. I could do copywriting. Um, I could do like concierge services. I could sit in for people if they were having something delivered. I would do like anything. And I had a batch of postcards printed on Vista prints. <laughs> and I ran around the city and I dropped them in letterboxes. I put them up on notice boards. Um, I just spent hours going everywhere I could possibly think of, leaving them in cafes, uh, talking to as many people as possible. I went to every single event I could find, every networking thing, every meetup, every lecture, like everything. And I was just like, what do people want me to do? Wow. Um, and really that. Brave. <laughs> I didn't really have a choice. Like it was the only thing I could <laughs> do. Do or die. <laughs> Absolutely. I was just, I was on a mission. And that's actually what got me in the, the Financial Times uh, business networking book. Because um, I was on Twitter at the time and I was talking about what I was doing. And somehow it got the attention of the woman who was writing it. And she was just like, this is amazing. Like, how are you doing this? Wow. Um, and that got, me, that got me my first clients. Like, she introduced me to a couple of people she knew in Bristol who were, who were looking for some help. Um, and I started out doing kind of admin help, like VA stuff. Very quickly, they realized that there was a lot more to what I could do. So I ended up doing marketing communications and um, it just kind of, it just kind of grew from there. Um, and I, I, I felt like I was kind of living the dream, but there were still like a few kind of big gaps mm. and uh, again, the work was like a stopgap. It wasn't like what I really, I wasn't really passionate about it, but I could do it and they give me money for it and I didn't have to have a job. So that was, that met my criteria. To yeah, so you were with. closer to the, yeah. to that drive, inner drive, but you exactly. weren't quite there yet. Um, and it has taken me, I mean, it's now what, 2019, 12 years yeah. to actually get to the point where I love my work does the thing that I wanted it to do. Like my work is, is 
feels extraordinary to me. Like I'm proud to do it. I love doing it. Um, I get paid to do it. That uh, totally ticks all the boxes. And the relationship I have now does the same thing. Yeah. And, and you know, that was, a, that was an arduous journey to get that sorted as well. Um, through my own kind of patterns of, of relationships and things. And I feel like there's, there's a lot of parallels. Like I've had to work on, on myself and my patterns of behavior so much in order to get the things that, that I want, that have that, that magical feeling. Um, and a lot of it, the, the, my pattern is always the same. Like it's work really, 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 really hard. Try really, really, really hard. Do a lot of trial and error stuff give up and go, oh, fuck it. I don't care anymore. Like, I still want this thing, but if I don't have it, like, whatever, I'll do something else. Yeah. And then, ding, <laughs> it turns up in my life. And that's, that's been, like, the, the, the hardest thing for me to learn is, like, because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a worker, you know? I want to work and work and work, and I'll try anything to get what I want. And I'm learning kind of all the time more about who I am, more about how I operate, more about how the world operates. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's never until I let go that the, the magic really actually happens. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Which is <laughs> it's what most of us find out it, because it's, it's all coming from the, it's like it's, it's one thing to really hone in on what you don't want and, mm. and feel that inner compulsion and drive to move away from that as fast as you can by putting loads of energy into other things but then if you've done it on that basis you don't have that inbuilt energy to sustain that that amount of momentum and drive absolutely and I think I've had to there's been lots of things that I've loved the idea of and then when I've actually tried them out it's like well no this isn't like I love the idea of it but this isn't the thing yeah and there's been there's been a lot of that I mean like I said I jump into things with both feet um so rather than than sitting back and thinking like oh I could do this and then playing it out in my mind I'll just jump in and I'll do it and then I'll find out six months later or a year later or three years later no okay that wasn't the thing yeah and then I'll do the same with something else so um it's it's taken me a long time to learn what I actually want, you know, apart from moving away from what I don't want, it's yes. like, well, is it this or is it this or is it this or is it this? And, and yeah, learning to recognize that kind of bubbly, magical feeling of, oh no, it's this, it's this, I found it. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> and do you think um, each of these sort of, st- well, let's call them stepping stones, that's minimizing what have been huge things. <laughs> For the, for the sake of a metaphor, let's call yeah. them uh, stepping stones. Do you think with each different stepping stone you've taken, you've, um, you've kind of found crumbs that you've been able to keep and take forward to the next stepping stone so that eventually by the time you got to the big stepping stone you're on now, you've got a big basket full of magical, awesome things that oh, you've kind absolutely. of gathered along the way? absolutely like every single thing has uh either led me to the next or has informed something like five steps down the road you know um and i think the the uh, it's impossible to regret anything really because the lessons 
that that I've learned from from trying all of this stuff is they're so valuable, you know. And I wouldn't be I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. I wouldn't even know it existed, <laughs> um, or that it was possible. Um, and I certainly wouldn't feel the way that I feel about it, you know, if I hadn't have learned so much from from all the other stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there, there, there have been stepping stones, but each one has also been kind of like a mini turning point in its own. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, um, that's kind it, of what I w- was wondering. Yeah, it's a bit kind of fractally, you know, it started yeah. with this, with this big, well, I didn't start with this thing, but this has kind of been the most significant one was, was the just abandoning my entire life and starting <laughs> from scratch. Big leap of faith. Yeah. And then uh, from that point, there's been, you know, there was the time when I decided that I didn't want to be doing the the, the marketing work, the business that I'd built up, um, and I I gave it up completely and started doing um, illustration. And I wrote the gratitude project book, and which is how I found you, which is how you found me. Yeah, and I realised that oh, okay, I could be successful like being being me and not yeah. being like a, a a facsimile of corporate Ellie, you know. I don't have to present a certain image to the world. I can just be who I am and, and oh, this, this works. So that was like a little magical crumb. Um, and yeah, then there was, the, you know, at the end of, at the beginning of last year when I closed down, I was doing creativity coaching and, and illustration, closing that down and going, right, okay, I don't know what's going to come next, but I know it's not this anymore. Mm. And closing you went that quite down. Quite quiet, didn't you? I, I yep. sort of went off the radar, which I admire, <laughs> by the way. I love, <laughs> I love that you did that. It was, it was Taking just that time to yourself almost. Completely. You know, I had a, a freelance gig that I knew was going to last me for uh, a good few months. Um, and it, what I was doing was, it had been great and I'd really enjoyed it. But I was done with it. Yeah. I was I was done with it and I knew it wasn't the thing. Um and I I mean my my own creativity, creative practices had dried up uh, almost completely, you know, if I wasn't if I wasn't drawing for work or painting for work, then I wasn't painting. Um I'd lost I'd lost that part of my mojo. Mm. I didn't care about the people that I was helping anymore, like I didn't want to I didn't want to. I felt resentful and I felt spiky and just, ah, I just didn't want to feel like that, you know? Um, So I made the dramatic decision to put five years of hard work, like, in a box and put it into storage. And um, I I closed down the business. I shut down all my social media accounts. I just, I deleted my email list. I was just like, right, what's next? And it took a good six months. I think that was beginning of February. And then it was uh, August when it occurred to me that I could actually help people do these community projects. Mm. For, the, for, the, for the previous two years, I had been saying to anyone who would listen, all I want to do is community projects. Like, they're the best <laughs> thing I do. I love You're them. Predicting so your own future. Really? <laughs> and I would say it to everybody, like, oh, and I'd looked into kind of getting sponsorship for doing them and, yeah. and trying to find all these different ways to kind of, is there a way that I could do this? And I just like, 
I don't care anymore. I'll just I do my marketing thing and I'll I'll my freelance gig and I'll just I'll just see what happens. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, I said I, I could help other people do these projects. Oh my god. <laughs> And that was like the beginning of August. By the end of the August, I had a website up. I had beta clients going through through the program, um, and and here I am now. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. And, I think like one of the things that strikes me listening to you is um, how it sounds though. Even though um, even though it might take you a while sometimes to realize something just isn't filling that nourishing space for you. Once you've made that, that clear cut kind of decision, that's it. It it has to go now. I'm leaving. You do not hang about. You just, just, just just like, like you say, you put, put that box away. We've done playing with that box now. Let's, let's, just just move it and see what box appears next and that takes that takes a lot of self-awareness but it takes a lot of courage as well and um you know courage is like a real heart thing so do are you aware in these moments whether you're following your heart or your head or is it not as overtly obvious as that is it more just an kind of instinct a thing I have to do it's more of an instinct. It's almost like a compulsion. It's like once I've once I've realized that it's wrong, I can't stay in that situation anymore. Like I can feel it crawling on my skin. Yeah. I just have to like get it off, get it off, you know. <laughs> I actually really do know. I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> and what's it you know, and it 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 doesn't take me that's not true. It takes me quite a long time to get to the point where I make the decision like I am I is something that that I've had to work on but I'm like super stoic about things that aren't going right yeah um which serves me well in a lot of instances you know but when it's really not right and I stay around in a bad situation for far too long then making that decision is just like the most it's such a relief and then that's it. I'm I'm done. Like there's no changing my mind. There's no turning back. There's you know no one can talk me out of it at that point. I'm just no, I'm done. I've decided. And the decision has already actually been made. Like I don't know six months ago or a year ago or something. But I've just been kind of oh I don't want to rock the boat. Especially if other yeah. people are involved. You know staying yeah. in relationships and things like that. I don't want. I'm really conflict averse, so I don't want to <laughs> cause any problems. But eventually it's just like, no, okay, I'm done. I can't, I just can't anymore. It's yeah. too uncomfortable. It's, it's like too painful. Into that ownership of that. Yeah. And I don't know, it doesn't feel like a courageous thing because at that point I'm not frightened. Yeah, sure. You know, it's just, this is, this is just what's happening. It's just completely, it's almost emotionless in that, like, that's just it. And I know I'm going to be all right because I've been on this earth for nearly 40 years and I'm always all right. You know, some stuff has really sucked and I've fucked up and, and things have gone wrong, but it's always been all right. Yeah. And I have the enormous privilege of having 
friends and family around me who love me, who would do anything for me, who support me in whatever I do, who understand who I am and, and what I'm all about. Um, so they don't get too freaked out when I suddenly say, oh, you know, this thing I've been working on for 10 years, I'm not doing it anymore. Um, you know, they trust me. So, and I know that, that a lot of people don't have that. Um, and I think I would, I don't know what would have happened to me if I didn't have that support around me. But yeah. maybe I wouldn't have been quite so reckless, you know. It does, it does give me <laughs> to know, like, okay, if I really fuck this up, I could always go back and camp on my dad's sofa or yeah. it's always a fallback position exactly exactly <laughs> and that you know so it's it's not really it's not really brave <laughs> it's more <laughs> reckless <laughs> but making those leaps you know being reckless and doing that means that um where i am now i'm like i would never have got here by playing safe mm. i would never have got here by uh I don't know, making an exit strategy and having a plan and all the rest of it, you know? I'm here because I've taken these huge leaps and I've completely turned my life upside down on numerous occasions because yeah. it wasn't right. Yeah. Because for some reason, it is the most important thing to me in the world that I get this right. It's kind of, it's kind of like a personal challenge. Like, can I get my life to be this incredible thing? Yeah. Um, and I think that comes from like I've not having that in my childhood and not having that kind of growing up and not even realizing it was a, it was something that was possible until well into my 20s. You know? Yeah. And now it's just like, OK, well, how much more awesome can I make this now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it's not awesome, I'm not interested. And I can really relate to that for very similar reasons as well. So what I wonder is hearing you say that, whether whether you have a clear or clearish vision that you move towards that sort of sustained you or whether it's more of a feeling that you have kind of inherently that's almost pulled you towards it. I think it's a little bit of both. And my ambition is tiny, really. <laughs> I what I've always wanted is to live in an amazing place. I want to have a really nice place to live in in a country, in a city, whatever that that ticks all the boxes. Mm. I want to have work that I absolutely love that pays me enough money to sustain my life and take care of me in the future. Um, and I want to have somebody awesome to share it with. Um, a relationship that that. Uh, is extraordinary <laughs> and, and, and suits me and doesn't conform to like what other people's ideas of a, of a relationship should be. Yeah. Um, it's basically just like a, best a bespoke situation in all of those really, really basic things. Yeah. Um, and I'm about three steps from that right now. <laughs> My apartment needs an upgrade but everything else is, is pretty much bang on. That's, that's great. And how does it feel to say that? It feels fucking amazing. I bet it does. <laughs> I am like a fucking kid in a candy shop at the moment. <laughs> like, I'm just so in love with my life and I'm so proud of myself for not settling and for keeping pushing until I oh. found what was right. 
And I'm also very cognizant of the fact that this might, this, I mean, this is something that has sustained me for a really long time. Once I get it, there's going to be something else, yeah. you know? And I want there to be something else because I don't want to, I don't want to stay still. Um, I want to, I, I want to be settled, but I don't want to settle, okay. you know? And I think it's important to keep learning and growing and evolving and, and moving forward because that's, that's exciting. That's adventure. Yeah. Um, but maybe I don't have to do it with the fundamental building blocks of my life anymore. <laughs> Yes. Maybe I can I can I can move up a level. Keep those of... elements that are really working well. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a fun uh, engineering project, and I'm excited to see what happens next. I'm excited to see kind of where I can go once once I have this this first bit in place. You know, yeah. And it seems weird to be like nearly forty and saying, "Oh, I would just want to get the first bit in place," but. That's life, isn't Not it? Not to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I had a wonky start. I feel like I only kind of got myself into the starting blocks like a few years ago, and, and you know, I, I don't know. It's I, easy to compare yourself to other people, but I have no yeah. idea what other people think. Yeah, I, but you know, I think that's one of the reasons I'm I'm loving having these conversations because <laughs> you know, so so many of us actually you know people might look at us from the outside and think well it's all right for you you've got xyz or you know you're pretty sorted blah de, blah de, blah but mm. um actually a lot of us have have this element of not really feeling like we've arrived in a place that really starts ticking the boxes until mm. we're in our 40s or late 30s or whatever it might be and it's, i think i think that that thing of it not really happening to the late 30s early 40s I think that kind of happens because that's when you stop putting up with all the bullshit. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. I agree. That's, you just hit a point where you're just like, for fuck's sake, I am <laughs> done with this. I don't want to do it that way anymore. I don't want to follow your rules. I don't want to do what, you, you, what you're telling me to do anymore. Actually, I know better what is best for me at this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. And then that's when, that's when stuff really starts happening. Yeah. <laughs> So have you always been someone that um, that has given yourself permission, not always, but since you, since you took that big leap of faith after that big turning point, have you pretty consistently since then um, done work on your terms in terms of what you will say yes and no to? Or is that something that's happened in sort of fits and starts as you've as you've got older and as you've got less tolerant to the bullshit and you know all the brawls as Vishen Lakiani calls them the bullshit rules. <laughs> I like that. Brawl. Yeah, brawls. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's definitely it's definitely been fits and starts. Um, I yeah, I haven't always done stuff on my turn. I think even like discovering um, like this different way of, of being in the world and like learning all about lifestyle design and, and how people were doing things differently. Um, I still wanted to get it right. Mm. Um, I, I'm very, 
I like a pattern. I like a template. I like something that someone has done before that I can kind of plug myself into and then feel yeah. around. Um, so I had a very kind of, I had a very definite idea of what uh, somebody who worked for their self was like. And I don't really know where I got that from, but I tried to be that person. Yeah. Um, and that, that didn't fit. And I, 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 tried, I tried on lots of different stuff. I mean, one of the, the um, difficulties with, with uh, autism is that you, you end up masking um, a lot of your autistic traits. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know that I had autism at the time. So I was just desperately trying to fit in. Yeah. <laughs> and not not be a weirdo um because i wanted i wanted clients to book me i wanted to you know i was a lot less savvy back in those days so i did a lot of stuff which i was not particularly comfortable with um because i thought that's what i was supposed to do yeah um and gradually gradually i learned i learned more i i, I got the hang of it i learned the ropes you know this is uh 10 12 years down the line now i'm i'm a lot more confident in who i am and what i have to offer and i give a lot less of a shit about whether people like me or not um i i'm much less it still happens occasionally but i'm i'm much less inclined to uh tone myself down or try and be something different to please somebody else you know i'm 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 a lot better at sticking to a, a take me or leave me uh, attitude these days. Uh, and I think a lot of that comes with age. A lot of that comes with, with confidence. Mm. A lot of that comes from just having been around the block a few times. And, yeah. yeah. Self-awareness. And is- self-awareness. Exactly. And just getting fed up of, fed up of feeling less than, you know? Yeah. 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 Like yeah. why, it's why do I pretending as well, isn't it? It Talk- really is. Like why should I feel why should I feel less than anybody else? You know, that's that's bollocks. (laughs) I don't want to feel like that. No one's making me feel like that. I'm the one making me feel like that. So I'm just gonna stop. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. So can I ask you about the autism? Did you? Yeah, yeah. Did you get um officially diagnosed at some point? Yeah, last year. Really? That recently? Yeah. yeah, around about the time I I shut down my business, actually. I was going through that whole process. I think I shut down the business in February and I had my official diagnosis come through in March. So I started the process the previous summer um, because I was having a lot of uh, anxiety attacks, panic attacks. Um, I have I have massive sensory issues and they got really, really overblown. So yeah. I'd go outside and I burst into tears because it was windy. Like, I couldn't bear it. If I was in a crowd of people, like I could feel, literally feel their eyes on me like insects were crawling on me. Um, yeah, all sorts of stuff. Like if, it, if I couldn't, I was going around with like scarf wrapped around my hair, big sunglasses, headphones in. And it was it was a hot summer, you know, it was sweltering hot. I was just like, I, I, I just couldn't bear it. And um, I was I was talking to my to a friend of mine about it and saying, like, oh, my God, it's like I'm autistic or something. And she was like, you know, you could be 
<laughs> yeah. like, maybe maybe get that checked out you know just yeah. to see um and i spoke to my stepmother about it who's a, a social worker who's done a lot of work she, her daughter is um autistic and has various other uh mental health problems as well um and she was like i have known since i first met you when you were what 15 that there was something that was going on with you yeah and i was like oh really didn't you say anything and she said i spoke to your dad about it several times and he was like he he didn't want to know basically he said that you just had a difficult childhood and um it was it was all fine so she said i didn't want to butt in i didn't want to you know overstep um but she said okay well, let's let's do it you know i know i know the right people i know the right channels to go through i'll, I'll help you go through this process which was amazing i don't know yeah, why because awesome. of course i'm doing it in a foreign country as well yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um and she helped me she helped me get a psychiatrist and and helped me through the diagnosis process and and yeah when i found out i was just like oh wow that explains everything yeah yeah. (laughs) everything and what it what it gave me after a couple of months of just like reeling and being like okay who the who am i now like what part of me is me and what part of me is is autism and then realizing that it didn't actually matter and (laughs) that whole process it made me realize like oh fuck it i don't have to pretend anymore like yeah, I can just say yeah, I'm 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 autistic. Like there are some things that I'm a bit weird about. Um, that's it. I don't have to. I don't know. I'm not pretending to be a normal person. Yeah. Because I'm not a normal person. Whatever normal is. Yeah. <laughs> there are no normals. Uh, <laughs> but so, some of us are weirder than old. I used to say normality is a socially defined convention. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, very wise at sixteen. <laughs> Absolutely, I think uh, some of us are a bit more bonkers than others. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's, it it gave me permission to lean into who I really was, yeah, and it's yeah, actually yeah. given me an awful lot more confidence. And it's not something that I I tell everybody. You know, I don't tend to. It's not a part of my narrative. Yeah. Um, like when I'm when I'm promoting my business and and stuff like that, I don't. Yeah. Oh, I'm autistic. I'm autistic. You know, but but it's part of who I am. So yeah. when I'm having conversations with people, and it comes out occasionally, um, and people are often very surprised. But then people are often very surprised when I tell them that I had crippling social anxiety until the age of about twenty five, and I couldn't even talk to anybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now, what do I do? I talk to people for a living. <laughs> so it's um yeah it's one of those things it causes it causes some problems but I wouldn't change it you know no no it gives me so many gifts yeah absolutely and I I I guess what pops into my mind and the reason I wanted to ask you about that so thank you for sharing that um is just because actually I I've encountered a lot of people lately who've been diagnosed later in life Mm. Um, and a member of my family um, has been diagnosed with um, something completely different, but a, but a thing, I won't say who or what, mm. but a thing that has put a lot of things into place for him in terms of him understanding why he does things a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, and kind of just, it's it's almost like what I've seen with 
consistently with everybody who's had some kind of thing that helps them understand why why they interact with the world the way they do is mm. that it almost gives them a sense of a total ownership of who they are mm-hmm. um, be real just inner peace and mm-hmm. you know it's it's that sense of really coming home to who you are and it's almost like for every single one across the board including you now mm-hmm. whether it's relevant or not I don't know but it's what's then happened is that things have just fallen into place around that in terms of their life and their work and oh really oh yeah, that's fascinating yeah. and I, I and it's, <laughs> that really hadn't occurred to me until we were having this conversation and so that's amazing thinking, oh yeah because I, I had a conversation with a girl literally on Friday uh, about she got diagnosed at 39 and, and then I was thinking about the other person in my family. And, mm. uh, you know, it's just interesting, hey? Just... That is fascinating because that's totally what happened to me. Mm. It's like I just relaxed into being who I was. Yeah. Like I had, a, I had an explanation for some of the really weird stuff that I've done over the years or ways I've reacted or ways other people have reacted to me yeah um because sometimes I say completely the wrong thing (laughs) or I'll make a joke that I think is hilarious but lands completely wrong wrongly with somebody (laughs) um and yeah it's 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 always a, a shock to me that someone has taken something that I've said in the wrong way um but it happens sometimes and now now I have an explanation for that you know, I know why I'm so terrible at phone calls. I know why, um, like, I have to take a little kit of, of sensory protection supplies with me when I go out into the world. Um, and now I know these things. It's so much easier for me to navigate the world. And I actually a million times more capable and more functional than I was before I knew. Yeah. So, you know... And I don't suffer through things anymore. Yeah. Like I used to, if I went to a concert or something and it was, it was too loud and there were too many people, I would just, I would go into like bunny in the headlights mode and just endure it until it was over. Um, and these days I know, okay, I'm going to have to I either have a seat or I have to stand in the corner and I need to take like earplugs with me so I don't get overwhelmed by the noise. Like I have my sunglasses in my bag in case the lights are too bright. Um, <laughs> And of course, I always go with Lars, who is built like a tank. So he's like my own personal uh, bodyguard. Nice. <laughs> Which, uh, well, that helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you, you got your security in the end in many different ways. Oh, One way of which is him. Oh, he's, he's <laughs> so, so where are you now? Um, I'm, I'm just keeping an eye on the time. But oh, good. I'm glad you are. We're doing great. <laughs> Well, we'll have to wrap up in a second. But <laughs> I don't want to, like anyone that hears this, I don't want to leave them thinking, so what's, what's now? What's now? So um, in terms of where you are now, mm-hmm. you said that um, your work is basically feeling quite magical. You're in this magical, gorgeous, lovely, juicy place. It's so good. So, yeah. <laughs> tell, us, tell us a little bit about about what you're up to now why it feels so good where people can find you all those kind of things what's really lighting you up well um basically my job these days is to help people run projects like this one that we're doing right now which is so meta (laughs) um 
Um, so I help uh, people I call quiet revolutionaries. So my clients are often uh, introverted, um, highly sensitive. Um, some of them might have uh, autism or Asperger's like me. Um, they are, they might have anxiety, depression, chronic illness. Um, they are not, they're not exactly frightened of being visible, but it's a very uncomfortable place for them to be, which makes it difficult for them to get their businesses out there and share these huge revolutionary life-changing ideas that they have with the world. Um, and I help them to put together projects like, like this, which are uh, both powerful and peaceful. They're a fantastic way to market your business. They're a fantastic way to start revolutions, to make a mark in the world. But they're also safe and um, comfortable and fun and joyful. Um, which is completely the antithesis of most marketing techniques. Yeah, um, it's all it's all about focusing on people and communication and going deep. Um, projects tend to last like a month, uh, which in the online space is an eternity. Mm, um, sure. And what it means is that people can really kind of sink into it. They've got time to have lives and still be a part of it they've got time to actually absorb the information and yeah. formulate their thoughts and it means that the the communities that are built off the back of these projects are they're they're deep and they're long-lasting and they're sustainable and they're nourishing for every single person involved um and that just floats my fucking boat like nothing else like it's, why wouldn't it's, it <laughs> it's magical and the clients that I get to work with, like you, are incredible. Like I love my clients so much. Um, and I have a very strict kind of vetting process for finding those people. Um, so I do, I do workshops and, and things kind of on getting connected and networking and, and that kind of stuff so you can find people who are trip your kindred spirit radar. Yeah, love that. Um, yeah, so so that's that's what I'm doing at the moment. It's something that I did uh, just as an experiment when I was doing coaching, just to you know seem like a, a fun thing to try, and just fell in love with the whole process, um, and turned it into this this methodology that that is now what I offer what I offer to people. Perfect. And what <laughs> I love about it is it brings all the strands together. And it also enables you to um, dive into something mm -hmm. quite deeply, but then yeah. it has a defined time period. And then, you know, you can go to the, you can leap onto the next thing with mm. the next person. So you've got all your skills that you've gathered over the years doing your own projects, mm -hmm. all your skills in terms of organization and support and yep. facilitation and making people feel great. <laughs> it is it's, it's the just golden ticking thread. all the boxes aren't you yeah and it, it just it feels amazing like I said to you before we started recording like the only other time I felt like this was when I met my my partner now my fiance just that powerful peaceful calm excited rightness like this is it this is it this is what yeah. I'm supposed to be doing yeah I love it gorgeous wow <laughs>
what an awesome place to be in. <laughs> what a phenomenal journey to get there. <laughs> yeah, it's been quite epic. <laughs> <laughs> Glad I've done it now. <laughs> yeah, well, so am I. <laughs> for all the wrong reasons. No, for all the wrong reasons too. <laughs> um, so so I, I seem to have been asking everyone this question pretty much because it just seems like a perfect question. But if you could if you could go back to yourself 20 years ago 20 years ago yeah 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 I keep changing it up um (laughs) what 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 one piece of advice would you give would you give younger you knowing what you know now (sighs) it's all gonna be all right (laughs) love that that's that's it just don't give up just keep going it's all gonna be all right even if it takes a bloody long time. Yeah. 20, 20 years from now, you is going to be so happy. Yeah. <laughs> and how magical is that? You can't yeah. say, I'd say the same. Yeah. I, love I can't, I can't really, I can't really say that there's like anything. I wouldn't push myself in any other direction because every single thing has led me here. Yeah. So just, yeah, keep on trucking. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Oh, lovely Ellie. Thank you so, so much. Oh, thank you. It's been really good fun. It's been really good just to chat to you and talk about how these things work out. And yeah, I know we could dive deeper, but maybe we'll have a whole other set of conversations about this. Who knows? I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will at some point, yeah. Um, so I'll put all your all your details and everything in with the show notes. Awesome. Um, but yeah, if anybody wants to come and find me. I was going to say, where can they find you? Um, my website is elitriacommunities.com and I'm elitriacommunities on Instagram. That's my only social and I'm there far much. So come <laughs> say hello. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Thank you, my lovely. I will, I'm sure people are going to check you out because you're an incredible soul and it's just been beautiful oh, to oh. talk to you. And I'm so grateful to you for so many reasons, especially for contributing to this and helping me put it together. So thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. It's such <laughs> a huge pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the turning point project. If you found this episode useful, I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review the podcast as it really makes a difference and will only take a moment If you'd like to continue the conversation or ask me any questions, come and connect with me over on Instagram at Helen Rebello Author or join the free magical life movement at HelenRebello.com. Have a gorgeous, gorgeous day and I'll catch you in the next episode.